and uh, welcome to Ray's Podcast. Uh, this is another edition of uh, what I think is becoming um, a pretty reliable source for news and information, uh, political updates, and, uh, you know, keeping tabs on trends that we see happening uh, in the immigration world. Uh, lots going on, and of course, it seems that every day there's something new, another development, uh, some other kind of issue that people need to be very wary of. Uh, for a little while, it was whether or not DACA was going to stick around or not, and then now it's whether or not DACA recipients are being targeted. And I think the best way to kind of to analyze this is uh, that kind of everybody's being targeted you know anywhere there is a chink in the armor per se then uh, it's kind of where you you find yourself to be most vulnerable and and less uh, accessible to kind of um, relief and remedies and discretion that uh, in the past would have been easily given the the thinking that well because I haven't committed any crimes uh, is not enough anymore. It's kind of thinking defensively in terms of how do I protect myself, my family, uh, my loved ones in case something happens, if I'm detained. Uh, th- those are also extremely uh, critical in terms of having a plan and having uh, talked about that plan and knowing where the pieces are. So if someone needs to uh, pull money or go to the doctor or get a prescription, all that information is uh, easily accessible and uh, something that, uh, uh, you know, you're not scrambling last minute to figure out. Uh, this week in the news, it looks like uh, there is no government shutdown uh, for now. Uh, no money for the wall either, which is uh, definitely good news. A little more money for enforcement and, uh, you know, f- a lot of uh, kicking the can down the road uh, until I think the Republicans feel they can get their, their uh, act together in the House and in the Senate uh, to decide on whatever their priorities are for stripping health care or building a wall or lowering taxes for everybody but the poor. Um, you know, I think all these things will be uh, decided on by September. And uh, what's unique is, I think, uh, this morning, uh, May 2nd, I think Trump was uh, tweeting how he welcomes the government shutdown. Uh, you know, if he can't get what he wants uh, for his uh, border wall, for his priorities, then, you know, maybe all of us need to pay for that in a way that, uh, you know, uh, is not only not fair, uh, but shows just how little concern, uh, you know, he has for, for everyday people, for people who need that check uh, every week, uh, for people who rely on government uh, services. Um, and, you know, this is... Um, so so crazy I guess he tweeted the US needs a good shutdown in September um, and you know and then they're trying to pass this off as that's kind of a democratic desire uh, even though the Republicans hold all three branches of government and so for them uh, and uh, for, you know for him it's kind of like I get what I want or, or, or nobody gets what they want 
uh, is pretty much how Republicans like to play. And, you know, when they're not in power, uh, you know, well, then the minority should have the majority rights. And when they have the power, well, then they try at that point to um, overcome any and all opposition to whatever their their grander schemes are. Uh, you know, usually involving uh, taking money from education, taking money from the poor, taking money from any kind of an, uh, entitlement, Social Security, Medicaid, Medicare, um, and somehow passing that on as tax uh, cuts. And the thinking is that somehow by doing that, uh, you are going to stimulate the economy so much that uh, wages will increase, money will increase, spending will increase, and so it'll all balance out. We've seen that this doesn't happen. Uh, you know, back uh, with uh, Reagan and uh, trickle-down economics, the theory uh, was proposed, and uh, we realized that uh, no, uh, after you know, uh, playing with that and cutting uh, taxes to such a level that uh, Reagan had to actually uh, institute new taxes. The the theory itself looks good on paper, plays out miserably uh, in the real world. I think the, the real answer is you pay your workers more money, give them more money to spend, uh, give them more choices on how they wish to, 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 to lead their lives. And then they will be part of the market that decides how companies do, you know, moving forward. Uh, companies that, uh, you know, meet their needs, uh, meet their aesthetics, uh, cater to them uh, with products and services that they desire. You know, I think that's part of the market that we never really hear about, which is that we ourselves as consumers, as workers, as laborers, um, as uh, the small business people who are the drivers of the economy. The market is not the top 1%. You know, the, the thinking in Republicans circles is that that top 1% kind of should be driving all other indicators in the market when I think really the market should work for, you know, the 98% and that 1% should compete like the rest of us, you know, uh, and, and not receive entitlements or any kind of special benefit. Because when you take away all that consolidated power and economic power, uh, from that 1%, what happens is it doesn't just dissipate or evaporate. Uh, that concentrated power is the current, you know, huge sucking sound you hear in the economy uh, that takes away opportunities for everybody. If you let that go, the the opportunity, the money, that concentrated wealth uh, generally kind of falls back down the tube um, and gets redistributed to the, the workers, uh, the people who, who fix your streets, uh, you know, who take care of your kids, the teachers, uh, the janitors, uh, the people who, you know, uh, cook in the kitchen uh, at your favorite restaurant. And it's they, their buying power, you know, whether it's shoes for their kids or outfits or backpacks or school supplies or school choice, then, then that is in and of itself the market. That is the market. And this uh, focus on this uber 1% uh, by Republicans and their insistence that that is how the market runs and there really is no other way to analyze by whom or by how uh, any kind of tax theory should, should, should uh, move forward. It's very much Trumpian theory, uh, trying to uh, uh, enshrine uh, those benefits he feels would benefit him and his his businesses and his children most. Now, it's highly it's unprecedented that the president would have his son-in-law, his daughter, uh, both working for him in the White House, uh, and and that uh, this nation is not screaming nepotism, bloody murder. 
you know, part of that I think is uh, because we've also had this dynastic uh, awful issue, uh, which was, uh, I think, rejected by the American public with Clinton's second, uh, you know, the second Clinton's running. But having Bush one, Bush two, and then definitely Jeb Bush getting nowhere. Uh, you know, he was the third uh, of the Bushes trying to um, take the presidency and Hillary, who couldn't uh, cinch a second Clinton presidency. You know what what um, Chelsea does in 20, 30 years from now, we'll see. But this idea that somehow there, there was this dynastic institution, I think, kind of eroded what most people see the presidency as this, um, you know, should be a, meritoc- uh, a meritocracy and how it's applied and gained and administrated. Uh purely on merit and, and have nothing to do with these family ties or familial ties. You know, the Obamas, um, I think, uh, kind of served as a great break from uh, those dynasties. Yet, you know, we have this uber outsider insider in Trump that, uh, you know, is kind of trying to claim to be every man, but his policies generally just benefit uh, one man, himself and his family. So, you know, the the, the tax debate that's going to be coming up, uh, the second repeal of the American, the Affordable Care Act, all these issues, um, I, I think, are, 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 are things that they want to do so quickly, there is no time to debate them. And... And when it goes sour and south, they're going to say, well, the Democrats didn't want to join us. The Democrats didn't want to help us. The Democrats didn't want to negotiate with us. But it's their plan. You know, their, their plan all along was just to destroy the American the Affordable Care Act, just to, just to absolutely rescind it in whole and, and go back to what existed before. What they're finding out is it's not that easy once people have had a taste of what it's like with that entitlement. And so for Republicans, the idea that you give the American worker anything is like giving them this bonus for life. And and often if you if you ask them uh, to couch it in terms that you could better understand, they're gonna say that it's it's an entitlement that, that the worker doesn't even deserve. You know, no no one should be given that kind of benefit or long-term consideration. Despite the fact that if you look at the subsidies that are given to the oil and gas, uh, you know, uh, corporations, uh, what we did for banks uh, and the government bailout, you know, that will never apply to the everyman. It only applies to these super huge uh, concentrated centers of money and power. And it's those those concentrations that are making everything else sick. And so the, the solution isn't to give them more money and more power. It's to start divesting that money and power uh, from that very limited elite so that uh, air can come back into the room of the everyday person and allow them to start building an economic future for their families. Some of the problems that I think a lot of people have when they are a first-generation individual who has, you know, exceeded where their parents were uh, in terms of education and opportunity, a lot of the uh, immigrant experience is that the first generation is spent uh, literally just kind of uh, investing in the kids themselves, not so much in a material sense of, of uh, investing and uh, getting for them 
uh, some kind of a retirement fund. The, the, the retirement fund isn't necessarily focused on them at all. It's it's the sacrifice that the next generation is going to have every opportunity moving forward. And so I think in, in my case, the, the idea that my parents were able to, uh, you know, provide a better house, a better place, a better school, a better opportunity in, in that regard, um, you know, despite the way I lived it, uh, and me kind of realizing eventually that I had to go back to school and, and kind of taking that path, uh, is is it now coming upon me uh, to kind of do everything I can for my kids, and by doing that and and spending the money where I think it has to get spent and limiting the money that I think I can put aside, is is that same uh, lack of institutional wealth in a family, you know, familial wealth, this idea that wealth is kind of being transferred from one generation to another. In Trump's case, you know, the estate tax, the death tax um, are, are things that they abhor because they have so much and to give any percent of that uh, back uh, to society is is the last thing they want to do. And, you know, he said it during the campaign that paying little taxes or paying no taxes is very patriotic. If we all took that point of view, then it does exactly the kinds of things that these alt-right individuals want to do, which is to fund the government, uh, leave us without public services, kind of try and privatize everything. But that creates a rich, rich and a poor, poor with a very inefficient, very small or very uh, neglected middle class. And, and, and you know, that, that kind of a, a future is something that I think they're working on right, right now really hard to do. Uh, by by giving away uh, the bank to the big businesses and, and having each one of us kind of struggle really hard uh, for the for the little that we get and then propose the argument that you know if, if you were only harder if you only worked harder worked smarter if you were only born into a rich family well then of course you'd have all these things but you didn't so it's not our fault uh, too bad uh, and and addressing that in a meaningful way uh, you know uh, here in Arizona things are are in every kind of sense of the way, uh, like on this bated breath, you know, is the economy going to take a turn for the worst? You know, are Trump's policies going to help or hurt homeownership? Are we going to see an exodus of immigrants and therefore a, a decline in housing prices, a decline in, uh, you know, uh, the the local markets that kind of run the local economies? Are we going to see a decline uh, in terms of people affording groceries? Uh, uh, you know, uh, people are going to spend more money because uh, there's fewer groceries, fewer produce, uh, fruits and vegetables getting to market, uh, less milk, because those are such immigrant-heavy industries that, you know, the current policies are taking away a workforce that we've all benefited from. In low food prices and transfer that to you know the every person and and then not be able to kind of deal with it so so quickly because wages aren't aren't moving up in the same to the same degree to the same percentage and so you have people kind of making different choices uh, when they go to the grocery store maybe they can't afford the seven dollar milk maybe they can't afford a two dollar bell pepper and so the food rots both on the shelves and in the field and it doesn't go to the people who could most use it which is the consumers you and I these are 
are the things that I think are going to uh, decide where we move forward economically in this country that we're not sure yet. You know, are we going to have a war with North Korea? Uh, are we going to have a war in Syria? And, and you know, let's not forget the Russia connection that's kind of playing out very quietly. And I think part of that is because there's a lot that's happening that you and I don't know about. But uh, it is current. It is moving forward. And those developments uh, are, are probably, uh, you know, actually being kept under wraps as opposed to having... Congressman Nunez, uh, you know, and uh, uh, maybe that's the, the way, you know, I would say Nunez, but we'll see. I, mean, I have no idea. But uh, Congressman Nunez, is, as I've heard his name said, uh, who was uh, recused from the Oversight Committee and the, the Congressional Investigation uh, and, and and actually sees some, some real work done by some real patriots who, uh, no matter party, or, or president uh, take their work and their duties under the Constitution seriously and faithfully execute uh, those duties on behalf of the American people. Uh, you know, we can't let a monopoly, oligopoly, uh, Trump, Trumparchy, you know, a Trump monarchy uh, to reign and to feel that um, they have this kind of uber authority, this archaic thing that Trump, you know, recently averred to um, was uh, and is uh, the document that has kind of held this country together for over 200 years. So... To see that kind of disdain for the the tradition, the history, uh, the tradition, history, and the the uniqueness of our constitutional experience on this world uh, political platform and how we have managed to grow as a nation because of it, uh, I think kind of sets a, a good vantage point on not just uh, you know Trump's lack of political understanding, but the actual disdain for the institutions, uh, the the separation of powers, uh, and the service to country uh, that I think people who go into government service uh, should first adhere to, uh, and and not so much how can they take care of themselves with the every weekend trip to Mar-a-Lago and everything taking place at Mar-a-Lago. We, the taxpayers, uh, have official offices and residences and and places that have all the security and all the uh, the amenities that a head of state would want, and yet we have this individual making us pay more for accommodations he's familiar with as opposed to using the accommodations that we have provided them with. And it says a lot. It says a lot. Uh, almost as if, though, uh, to, to do such a thing would be to step down from his ivory tower when he himself chose to run for that White House. Uh, it's not the ivory house or the gold house or the diamond house. It's the White House. And it's uh, his uh, lack of, I think, um, commitment to the spirit of service uh, that isn't self-service that I think we're seeing now develop and it's going to continue to develop over time just because there's no way you can escape the fact that uh, what they're doing is is, uh, for themselves and what he's doing is with this very, very, very myopic kind of uh, uh, nearsightedness uh, on what is good for him right now, what is politically, politically expedient right here, right now, what can I tweet about right here right now and uh, and we see that we see that uh, and it seems to just be uh, uh, something that's going to continue to happen uh, or to grow so uh, you know a, a little kind of uh, breakdown of, of things happening here uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh 
continue with some uh, other little areas. Uh, I've got uh, some, some recommendations for you here locally in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, I'd like to tell you about. Uh, and, uh, you know, you'll hear from me on the other side. Until then, uh, here's uh, this segment for Reyes Podcast. I am your host, Ruben Reyes. And uh, all music and everything is produced by me. Uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>